Hello and welcome back to another episode of Loud and Proud Orlando. Today we've got a special bonus episode for you. We're going to do a review of the East. Uh, I've got special guests here from the Designated Players podcast, Andrew. Welcome, Andrew. How are you? Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for having me. Really happy to be here. And I, that intro was awesome. I'm, I'm moving around already, ready to go. Yeah, Luis uh, did an incredible job. We did a bit of a rebrand. I know you guys did a rebrand also this year. So uh, Luis made us a, a great new intro, which is super cool. So Luis, how are you doing, buddy? No, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for, for Andrew for being here. And uh, to you, John, and everybody watching, thank you so much for your support. Exciting uh, new things happening for the Lions. Uh, new unveiling of the of the new kit that we yearn and ask for a legacy kid that embraces usl history and we finally got it i'm just super stoked of seeing all the pictures aside of that ready to talk some mls thank you john yeah i got my honor thy history scarf up on the wall yeah, already no, i got my hat beautiful. on look at this it's, yeah. it's a thing of beauty, I gotta say. Uh, I could talk all day about that. That jersey. <laughs> that's not what we're here to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, one yeah. of the things that Andrew, uh, well, earlier in the year, I went on Andrew's show because he's been doing a deep dive or a not so deep dive, as you guys call it, uh, of every team in MLS. So Andrew has been recording an episode with podcasters like ourselves from every single club in MLS. Fantastic. We were lucky enough to go on and represent Orlando. Um, so I've been listening to all of those. But because of that, I'm sure you can tell yourself he's got an incredible knowledge right now of every team in the league and what they're doing. But today, we're really just going to focus on the Eastern teams, the one that... Uh, we care about. So we're going to kind of throw some questions to Andrew. Luis is going to answer. I'm going to answer too. Basically just around the East and give you a little bit of summary. We're not going to go team by team. We don't have time to do that. Uh, only Andrew has time to do that apparently. Um, but we're going to get some idea about who to look out for, you know, what to, uh, what to expect in this bloodbath. Andrew and his uh, co-host Connor have termed, I love this term, bloodbath of the East. So do you, do you think that's what's going to be, Andrew, of a bloodbath? That's that's spot on. That is uh, the the phrase coined by Connor, who I will try and rep as much as I can while he's not here. Um, but it, it's it's a perfect way to describe it. I think we talked about it and we realistically looked at it. And there are six, seven, maybe eight teams who are fighting for the top three or four spots that realistically could finish there. So uh, it is going to be, you know, to the to the bottom the last day is going to be a fight for those top four i think so that leads us off into our first question with everything happening in the mls and on the east side there's been a lot of big transfers this offseason i've been trying to keep up with all of them but uh mainly focused on the duncan mcguire saga that distracted me so uh thankfully andrew's here to tell us first question andrew what is the best transfer in this season and by that i mean which mls east club has brought in the best player and uh, and who is it this offseason oh man you know it's super interesting right because when you think about these big moves a lot of them actually took place in the other conference in the west i mean you're looking at guys like gabriel peck Pitar musa you know these big name attackers that um are coming into the league and they're, they're usually on the other side of the country but um you know in, in the east you can you can highlight a couple of them uh 
Hugo Kuypers coming in to Chicago to be striker number two behind Tom Barlow, Red Bull born and raised. I'm just kidding, everybody. Um, <laughs> you know, but there are also guys like Emil Forsberg into my club at, at Red Bull who are giving us something that we haven't seen since Henri. Uh, you've got guys who are a little bit less flashy but are going to complete teams like uh, Bartosz Slills in uh, Atlanta or even David Bracalo over here in Orlando that kind of closes up holes that the team needed coming in. But um, the big one for me that I think is going to get more attention or not get as much attention, but it probably should is going to be Yankov, the new attacking mid number 10 in Montreal. Montreal struggled so, so poorly last season for chance creation. You talk about uh, the difference between having and losing Jordi Mahalovic over the one season to the next. I mean, it was night and day. So to bring in somebody in that number 10 role, who's going to be able to unlock so many new options for them with Joseph Martinez up top, with Kokoro up top, with uh, Apoku maybe playing out wide, depending on what sort of shape they play in. Um, you know, having that number 10 to really just pull the strings and set the tempo and, and really, really dictate the play, I think is going to be massive for them. It might be the biggest addition not in terms of like what his his individual numbers are going to be but the difference it makes in the team interesting your first two i definitely had on my list but that third one i think you're like you said um instrumental for what montreal desperately needs right it's a, a, a attacking playmaker for them luis uh for you who's the best transfer in in the east luis muriel <laughs> no, you can't just well, add Earl Adam. Well, Although I mean, he is up be. there, I think he's uh, up there. It, arguably, it could be. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, I wouldn't consider it to be a, a a best transfer, but I I think that East teams need to watch out if Lucho Acosta and Boop in Cincinnati click. I think that's gonna, you know, them. I mean, leaving... he was there before, but it, it kind right, of he a had bit some like issues signing. Right, he has yeah. some issues with, uh, you know, leaving a little late from from Gabon, which is his nature, you know, his his home country. But I think if they we're still if we start seeing that that attacking third of Cincinnati picking up, and also you know um, Barrial, I think also stepping out. But um, I think with them too, I think we're looking at um, a pretty big big tandem there. Uh, obviously, Orlando has had a, lo a lot of good additions, like like Andrew said, like Bercalo and Muriel, you know. But you know, we'll see. Um, also, you know, I'm wondering, you know, how how deep is, you know, I, I mean, a lot of people maybe are gonna kill me about it, but also Luis Suarez, right? I mean, you never know, right? You know, Luis Suarez, you can't be picking. You know, uh, I mean, they cannot pay him, but you know, here it is. You know, we'll see what happens with that. As long too, as so. he gets enough objections at his knees, he'll be fine. <laughs> um, I, honestly, I, I, I'm i going to go Emil Forsberg. I think that's a massive yeah. pickup by you guys. Yeah, I, think that, I think he's like, could still like do bits in Bundesliga, like up there kind of like would score still 15 goals, like 10, 15 goals in Bundesliga at this age. So I think if you bring a guy similar to Luis Muriel, but younger still, right? So it has more, so. Respect to you guys for that. Finally, using that that Red Bull connections of yours, um, so I'm sure you're happy about that one, Andrew. Yeah, a little, a little, you know, definitely happy with the quality he brings. I mean, you, again, preseason is preseason, but he brought such a level to preseason we haven't seen in in years, really, uh, at Red Bull camp. Um, 
the worry is that he's not going to have one like last year. He's not going to have the players around him because we're relying on very heavily on players coming back from injury. So um, Dante Van Zier, Lewis Morgan, and even Serge Goma to a degree where they were our big three last year, you know, maybe in Goma as a, as a substitute player that all got hurt. And the next guy up, it didn't matter who you put around him. They, they couldn't, they couldn't score. They couldn't do the job. Right. So excited for Emil, excited Emil in a team that has the starting 11 quality that I think we should have, but relying on those players as, as difference makers in a team where they were so injured last year, I'm cautiously optimistic because I don't want to get my hopes up just for uh, this season to repeat. Oh, we don't we don't want you getting your hopes up at all. You, we like we like Red Bull not being around. That's good with us. You guys can stay <laughs> down fighting for playoffs. Um, all right, next question: biggest loss to a team. So this one, you know, in the East, which player was lot like gone from a team, and they we feel like they're going to miss that the most, like who, whose loss will be the biggest impact, I guess is the question we're asking here. Um, Luis, I'm going to go to you first this time. Uh, I mean, uh, definitely Barrial in Cincinnati. That's a huge one. I think um, a, a big part of their piece of their puzzle there. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, I was going to say Duncan McGuire, right? Uh, but that didn't play out the way it should have been. Uh, <laughs> he's he's back. Um, but, you know, uh, Nashville also going through some transitions. Uh, Fafa Picault leaving. He, he was pretty big in their, in their championship. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like the East is so strong right now. Um, it's really going to be up for up for grabs i was very happy also uh with um i'm I'm wondering how new york city fc is going to look like also um with the arrival of um you know that kid from argentina 19 year old uh agustino he he was fantastic in the under 20s too so you know i just i just feel like uh, i would say sensi because you have yeah, I don't know if they'll win Supporter Shield this year, but I mean they're definitely gonna try. But I think losing Brandon Vasquez in, to Mexico and Barreal, that's gonna be pretty big. Andrew, do you have any of those guys on, on your top of biggest loss? Yeah, so I, I had uh Brandon Vasquez was one of them on my on my kind of short list when I was first thinking about this. Uh, but when you know it, it, when the description was who we miss most by their club, my first thought was who hasn't been really replaced yet. Uh, and I think Boop is still in there to do all right. Uh, Barreal, to my knowledge, is still kind of in limbo. Like he limbo. may be back, but he was on my list at, at first as well. And because he hasn't been officially to my, at least to my my research of you know a, a day or two ago when we did FCC that. He's still technically around, and I think he was in camp uh, recently. So I took him off my list because he was actually the first okay. person I thought of as well. Miles um, Robinson was another name in Atlanta that that kind of popped up, but okay. uh, you know we we might see Gregerson step in and, and replace him. All right. Uh, so the final, my final two in that list uh, ended up being Carol Swiderski was my number two in that list, a guy who single-handedly dragged Charlotte to the playoff or the play-in game uh, last season. I mean, I think he went on a run of 
six or seven games and ended up scoring like four or five big goals in those games to get them the points they needed to jump up. Um, but my final one, actually, we're going to go back to FCC. My, my biggest loss here, and it was something that was pointed out to me by uh, our friend Coach Goff in uh, in Cincy Tac Talk. It's actually the other side of Barreal, Santiago Arias. Oh, yeah. Um, he left. A huge part of this FCC side that won their first supporter shield last year, but provided a ton in the attack, uh, a ton of good service from wide areas, but also very, very strong defensively. Fit that wingback role really, really well and is somebody who has not fully been replaced yet. Um, you know, there are other rumors that they might bring in some right wingers who can play into that same spot. You know, another Argentinian, uh, you know, youth player that that might be a big uh, addition, but you, you can't replace, you know, you can turn a defender into a wingback attacker, but it's very, very difficult to turn an attacker into a wingback defender. Not very many people have been successful with it. Not impossible, but, um, you know, I think that, that, if you see a weak point in Cincinnati's game this year, it will be on that right side because Arias isn't there. I agree. I think Cincy have been weakened by the loss of Vasquez, by the loss of their two wingbacks, really. Like they they might be able to recover from that, but it does look like their starting eleven is not as strong as last year. Um I, I definitely had Vasquez up there on my list. I had Miles Robinson as well up there. On my list, I think probably for me, Miles Robinson is the biggest miss. I think Atlanta's really, they're not good defensively. And I think that that's one that he was their best defender, arguably. So have they replaced him? I think not. And I think that that team potentially could be open for even more goals next year, um, having lost, obviously, their best center back. I also think he he had a certain amount of, uh, what's the word, sort of, uh importance to that team both culturally as well i think that they're gonna miss him in the locker room uh as well as on the field but i excited mm-hmm. to see what he can do in cincinnati and finally not have to play on turf you know maybe that'll <laughs> save him from getting injured all the time they are putting uh, atlanta all eggs in the basket of uh, luis abram and yeah. uh i mean he had a slump in mexico uh Playing for Cruz Azul, and you know he did really well in the Peruvian league before uh, reaching out uh, in Mexico. We need to see. I mean, he, we need to see the Luisa Brahm that made him coming to the MLS from Mexico. We we I, I don't think Atlanta has seen that yet. He's in the same position in which when Cartagena first came to Orlando, he had a lot to prove. Also for um, for club and country in a way, you know, for him to still be, you know, called up for the Peruvian national team, and he's not delivered. Not even in con- he's a sub in 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 the national team, and he's a sub in 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 Atlanta. So I just think, you know, he's he's definitely going to be a big part of that defense now that Miles not there. They need to see the best version of him, uh, otherwise. He's just going to be lost in translation, and I think they're going to move on probably with a rookie, in my opinion. Well, I think they have such a great attack that it'd be, you know, they got to sort out that defense like last year. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Andrew and uh, Connor, who is an Atlanta <laughs> fan, knows, knows all about that. He's going to hate this section that we're bad mouthing your defense. <laughs> Sorry, Connor. All righty, on to the next one. Um, number four uh, on my list here best offseason transfer window. So which MLS club in the East has had the best offseason on the MLS 
extra time podcast last year we were the winners of the all season andrew weeby nicknamed orlando city the winners of the all season trophy this year he's been he's already giving it away to other clubs prematurely i think because uh we've had a pretty good off season ourselves but i'm gonna go andrew who has had the best uh off season and this is this is strictly the east you can't pick colorado because everybody wants to pick colorado I'll tell you, Colorado wasn't even my pick in the West when we were prepped the West. So that's uh, I think there's some hype overhype there on that. Like I agree, it's good. I agree it's not. That. It's not outrageous. I think when you're Colorado, you just slightly make yourself better, and everybody's shocked. You know, right? Especially anyway. when you have a, especially <laughs> when you have a good, good, good friend of ours named Chris Armis over there. You never know what you're going to do to make that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if the floor is the bottom, then it's not hard to get better. But right. enough about Colorado. Um, <laughs> as much as we would love to. Um, you know, it's it's a tough pick, right? There were a lot of really good moves this 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 window. Lots of teams doing really really well. So, um, like I mentioned, Montreal. I thought Montreal picked up a lot of really good pieces. Chicago, Orlando definitely fits into that category. Um, but for me, and I'll, I'll you know again preface my co-host who's not here, but uh, I'm going to actually give this one to Atlanta. So, instant replacement in Robinson with Gregerson, and I I'm assuming that that is a, a like for like we mentioned abram having to step into that second center back role with Porata gone um mm-hmm. you know that's kind of my only weak point there uh they improved their center mid drastically with the uh, bartel sliz as, as we mentioned earlier uh but my biggest my biggest you know highlight of this is that they improved their much much needed goalkeeper spot with josh cohen um i believe brad guzan if i'm remembering my stats correctly was the worst yeah. goalkeeper in the east overpaid on, too and overpaid yeah and uh, i think he was the worst goalkeeper in the east on shots saved over expected or in his case under expected so i think he was minus five in that category when wow. you know zero is saving the goals you're supposed to save and letting in the ones you're supposed to let in minus five he let in basically five goals that he should have saved which is the only other two that were worse were jonathan bond in la and uh Illich in Colorado so um they definitely needed to improve that they were never going to go anywhere with him um and they've done so I, I like this Liz uh, addition I think that he is going to unlock a lot of uh abilities for those front four guys right the Zande Silva the Saba the uh Gigi and then um Almada in that front four I think having somebody like Sliz behind him to pair with maybe a Muyamba for example to have one guy break it up, the second guy picks it up, find that early pass, and then just let him cook, right? You, you don't need to, you know, there's so much talent in that group. All you needed was that connecting piece, which I think is one of the things they were missing last year. So I think that's a key that's going to unlock a lot. You still got Brooks Lennon on the right-hand side, Caleb Wiley on the left. I mean, it's a, it's a super, super strong squad. So um, really, really think uh, they've, they've had a good, maybe not like the biggest or, or bringing in the most flashy players, but they hit the spots they needed to and improved them really, really well. Yeah, it's going to be a shame not watching Brad Guzan be really bad anymore. It's one of my favorite things. I really don't like Brad Guzan. He, <laughs> we, we just loathe him in Orlando. He's the worst. So watching him get knocked out is, is great. That sounds awesome to me. So uh, I think at Atlanta, for sure, it, it seems like you said they have uh, fixed their problems that they had um they definitely got a strong starting 11 
I would consider them up there. Uh, interesting that you have them as as your best sort of Eastern transfer window. I think uh, I think for me, honestly, I'm I'm going to go Orlando City on this one. Yeah, I think like here. you said, your argument for Atlanta apply that to us. I think Ladero is an upgrade on Mauricio in that number ten role. Who, from what we've seen in preseason, just clicks perfectly with our our squad already. And I think, you know, we, we had a nine issue kind of last year, right? We, we played Kara and it didn't really work out. We moved him and yes, Duncan was good, but the second half of the season, the goals kind of dried up from him. What we've always, what we've needed for the last three years is a really clinical finisher. And we found that in, I believe in Lewis Muriel and we've gotten even better center back in really last year, Rodrigo played too many games. So David Bricalo coming in. The same thing I think you could say for Atlanta, we have done. So it was hard. I really tried not to be biased on this one. I was like, no, you can't. And then I was like, you know what? I think we have had the best. So I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Orlando City as my choice for the best Eastern offseason. Luis, what about you? And, and don't choose Miami because they're no way it's them. They're, they're going to offload players. No, no, no. I, I, look. If if you don't know anything about the MLS, of course. I mean, I talk to South Americans all the time. If you're just collecting first, DPs, the, then the Miami thing, is the winner. Yeah, the first thing in their mouth is like, oh, well, you know, uh, Miami is better. They already won a championship, you know, because of the League's Cup. And I was like, you know, well, either way, it's, it's, a, it's a lost cost there. There's really nothing I can do. But. I, I agree with John. And I mean, again, I don't want to sound biased. I think Atlanta has done a great job too. Uh, they're going to be contenders. Also, I do want to say uh, Chicago uh, with Kellen Acosta. I think he gained a lot by signing him. Uh, Chicago, I think we're a tight second for me. Yeah. Like Chicago to me, like they've, you know, with Kellen Acosta, you know, honing down. Also, you know, you know, uh, you know, then we're talking about the West, but, you know, also you have, um, you know, um, Charlotte signing, you know, Petkovic and, you know, those are, you know, good, good signings. Um, honestly, I think Orlando City still, I mean, it's, they're exciting players. I mean, obviously right now we're talking, we have not seen them in an official match, right? We haven't seen David Bercalo yet uh, in an official match, but I, if everything goes to plan, you know, it, it is a very depth, solid squad in many areas with the double pivot still remaining as a core foundation of Orlando City. <clears throat> now you're being able to play maybe with one pivot if you want to be more attack, uh, attack man minded. You can play with Cartagena right in the middle and then you have uh, on, on, on your left, you have... Uh, Lodero on your right, you have, you know, um, it could be Araujo if need be there. So, you know, you have a little bit more versatility. You could play even now with two strikers if that's what you want to do. So um, I think Orlando now has a, a lot of options, again, on paper, right? Because we're talking about on paper now. Uh, you know, I mean, Miami has great first 11 on paper correct right? but, but obviously when you look right outside now, of that it, it starts to get a little thin yeah but preseason you've seen all the injuries right now oh yeah there are a whole, whole other thing. and they um, don't know what's coming and now with the with the salary restrictions that they all of a sudden they I think they forgot they're like oh my god really 
They did it. Yeah. <laughs> we got to tell these the Brazilian teams, don't buy any of their players. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what? A GAM? We need GAM? <laughs> Moving on from the GAM problems of down south, we're going to go on to uh, the worst offseason uh, from the Eastern Club, this transfer window. Uh, I almost felt bad kind of writing this question, but I think it's relevant. I think we need to know who who sucks um, or who's in what I think still going to suck, right? Because a lot of this for me comes down to not fixing your problems, right? We just talked about the best transfer windows of teams that fix their problems. This is definitely teams that have not fixed their problems. Uh, Andrew, who is had the worst? Like who, who's done nothing essentially this transfer window or bad things, just lost players maybe? I'm assuming I'm not legally allowed to say Orlando here, am I? I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I mean, you could, but no one would agree with you. So no, and, and I wouldn't even agree with myself, really. I think I I couldn't. We even know you'd be me. lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is the easiest question of the day. TFC won the wooden spoon and made a single incoming transfer that wasn't a super draft pick. I mean, you've got you've got a, a fractured locker room. You've got DPS who want to leave. You've got. All I mean, and yeah, you probably restricted a lot by your your cap space and and the way that you're you've built your squad already. Um, but this this team was bad last year. They lost a bunch of half decent players and brought nobody in. They're relying on some players who, you know, didn't quite hit it in year one to step up and be better in year two. Um, I, I just don't see it. Um, there, there's so much that they needed to do and they really just sat around and didn't do any of it except for bringing in a new coach. Um, I, I think they're going to be regretting that one uh, for a long time, for a long time this season until maybe till next season. Poor, poor Toronto. Luis, uh, who have you got for this one? Well, uh, honestly, uh, to me, DC United. Um, the reason why, you know, Brendan's hindsight, it's, it's gone was signed by Austin, and then <laughs> they signed a Tampa Bay Rowdy. Uh, uh, you know, this, you know, you know th- that tells you right there, I'm sorry that I'm going to say this, but when you're tapping to USL, you know, it's, I mean, y- y- I-, I know that you see the horses on, on, you know, on the field and when, you know, but it, again, you know, like they're DC United, they're, you know, they're the first, one of the one of the first ten in the MLS, right? So I mean, they they've won uh, important things in the league throughout history, and I don't I don't think uh, a Tampa Bay Rowdy is is worth their their history. Also, you know they have their their preseason was I guess done in Saudi Arabia, which it's the weirdest thing. Like, why would you do that and expose your players to? flights and probably getting injured and, and being you know i just feel like this united it's definitely not looking good in my opinion now obviously i mean not to be you know obviously uh inter miami too with the whole preseason fiasco i think uh, it's uh, bad it's telling everybody that really knows about the league that you know yes when they click they could maybe be monsters but right now they're not looking so well uh, you know so uh especially without Messi. So, yeah, but I think DC, in my opinion, I think, I, I don't think they DC lost more than I realized. I mean, they lost taxi Fontas in, in the summer, which there is obviously go. for sure, but they, you know, Juan, Chris Durkin, you know, I'm not saying they're great players, but 
yeah, I didn't consider that they, they, yeah, I think also they need to fix themselves and it doesn't seem like they've done that. Yeah. Like we said, uh, for me, Toronto, I'm, I'm with Andrew. It's, I, I thought for sure they were going to offload their, their bad assets. Honestly, that's what they are. They're bad assets. And I don't think Insigne and Bernadeschi are suddenly going to come alive just because you change coaches. And I just think it's, it, it's a, it needed a full overhaul and and they didn't do anything by the looks of it and like you said they've lost players so toronto unless these italians can suddenly figure out how to play in mls it, it's going to look like they're going to be down there again uh for the wooden spoon so uh next question this one is really hard i almost felt bad putting this in there which three teams are the top three teams in the bloodbath that is mls east uh i'm gonna go first on this one uh, just because it make it easier for you guys. You're welcome. For me, it's going to be Columbus, Orlando, and then I'm, I'm actually going to put ooh, my third one. I, I can't say. I, uh, I, I think it's going to be Fort Lauderdale. I think they're going to have enough about them to get in that top three. I don't think they'll win supporter shield, but I think they will be enough to be in that top three with us. Luis, let's have you first, buddy. Look, uh, I'll be honest with you. I think, uh, I mean, I think you hit it out of the park when you said uh, Columbus. Um, so, but I'll do my my options. Look, I know people are gonna be like, you know, this guy. You can pick like eight different teams to go in this top three, honestly. Yeah, so, so I mean, One look, time, I'm right? I'm gonna go uh, top. I'm gonna go Orlando. Then I'm gonna go Columbus, and then third, I'll, I'll probably do. I mean, right now, I mean, some of some of the exciting signings, and you know, you have players like, you know. Um, Tolkien, you know, John Tolkien, you know, defender, you know, I, I think Red Bulls, I, I, I don't sleep on the Red Bulls this year. I think they definitely are going to, they're going to mix. I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, this <laughs> Andrew's butt or anything like that in that sense, but I'm just trying to, I mean, they have a pretty, pretty exciting team. So uh, I don't know if it's going to make them for, for third or, or, or fourth, but they'll be in the playoffs, in my opinion, uh, for sure. Better than NYCFC. Um, and the third one, oh man, uh, I don't want to say, I, I, I don't believe Inter is going to be there. I'll say Montreal. Big uh, jump I'll, up for Montreal. I'll say, I'll say, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. No. Um, so it's going to be tough. I, I want to say Cincinnati, but I don't know if they're going to. I, I don't know if they're gonna really. It should be like three. top six teams in the East. Yeah. That would be a lot easier. That's why I made it really hard with three, three out so, of these. So let this me go. Let me go that. with. Let me go with Orlando, Columbus, and then let's go for 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 uh, for Atlanta United. I think Atlanta. We're yeah, probably gonna see. Yeah, Jack we're probably gonna see Atlanta moving up there. I honestly don't think. I think the the schedule for Inter is gonna be tough. Um, if they don't fix the situation with the game that they need, um, it's going to be a debacle and they're going to put a lot of the youth to play. And, you know, I think it's going to be a debacle. I think New York will probably be competing for that fourth or fifth. Uh, 
And then, you know, we'll see the Nashvilles, the Cincinnati's right there, Chicago. You know, at that point, I honestly don't see Philly, Toronto, or New York, NYCFC, maybe Montreal, they're fighting for eighth. But I will go for those three. I will go for Orlando, um, Columbus, and then Atlanta. Andrew, a really tough question. Top three, what you got? Yeah, that's uh... – Red Bull, Red Bull wasn't on my list. I'll tell you that, but that uh, I'm all I'm all here for it. Um, it's if we can stay out of our own way, we might be able to get up there. You know, that's our problem is we hurt ourselves. <laughs> but um, I, I'm right there with you guys. I've got Orlando and Columbus kind of as my first, you know, one A, one B. I don't have them in any order because that's that's just not happening tonight. <laughs> um, third spot, I, I think we've listed a lot of good teams, but I think I think one of the ones that we haven't chatted about is is Philly. Philly is a team that will – you won't hear about them for three months, and they'll be in third, and they'll just sit there. And and, and you'll never see anything fancy with them. They don't ha- – you know, Daniel Gazda is going to score 15 pens. You're going to have Carranza have 10 tap-ins. Uh, Glesnes is going to hit two screamers from 40 yards. Kai Wagner is going to have 25 assists, and you won't hear anything about them. Because that's just how Philly plays. They like to be the the guys who nobody's talking about. They're just going to go about their business, do their thing. Um, they've got a system that, you know, they've returned most, uh, a lot of good players from that system, if not all of them. They trust the coach. The coach knows what they're doing. They're just a consistent group uh, who will be there. I like Atlanta, too. We've talked a little bit about Atlanta there. Um, you know, FCC, I think, is going to take a drop off a little bit, but I think they'll be still strong. Um I don't see as good of a year out of a club like Nashville or, or, or city, like you mentioned. Um, so I think, I think those would be my three is Orlando Columbus, Philly uh, with Atlanta, a close four. I like that. Uh, and inner Miami, nowhere near, by the way, I, I don't yeah, nobody in inner Miami is even close to inner Miami. They are so far away. Correct. From I agree. You've got like the, the people who follow the team closest are like, yeah, this is, what what we have kind of surmised, at least on the episode we did with them, was they are likely they're never going to throw a game away, but they're likely going to go for League's Cup, Champions Cup if they're still in it after round one, uh, Open Cup if if they are you know going to send their full team, they're going to look for trophies versus playoffs. That way they can go ahead and say, "Oh, we are, we are we are we are the Kings of Florida." Yeah, exactly, and and you know they they. The, you know, at least this was a this was kind of like a conversation. We had. I won't say this is definitely what they're going to do, but this is a conversation we had about it. Where if you can take, you know, Champions Cup, Leagues Cup, Open Cup, and then on the second, you know, next year in twenty twenty five, go playoffs, MLS Cup, you can say, look at what we won in a calendar year, right? One big, you know, three hundred and sixty five days. I, you know that that might be a way they go about it, but I don't have Inter Miami anywhere near the uh the top six even i think they're fighting for plans but i i understand that i think it's the messy of it all that i can't you know what i mean yeah. i'm like he's oh, just, sure. he's so good that but you're right i think they, they will put a lot of effort into champions league leagues cup before they go for you know the supporter shield is not important to them i think orlando will more be more consistent i think we got a deeper squad will be more consistent across that whole season uh, i liked your philly pick i think Philly are like the Seattle of the East. They're just yeah. they're just gonna be there, and you know they're gonna be there. They're gonna be hard to beat. They're just yeah going about their business. So 
I think that, we did we did Seattle yesterday, and that was literally the phrase I used: "Is you guys are just the Philly of the West." So, there you go, right there on there. But back with the other way, I love it. Um, I think yeah, Nashville probably a drop off from them. Yeah, you Cincinnati, know, Cincinnati it looks like a drop off. Like it's it's going to be hard for them to maintain that. And then there's a bunch of teams that like may, need to turn it around. Like like Charlotte need to figure it out. You know, Chicago. Yes, you made signings, but you still got to really figure it out. DC, DC, exactly. You know, Montreal, same thing. Like yes, lots of good signings. A new system, new coach. We need to know what that's going to look like, et cetera. But you know, you know before Bracala, I was I was telling, hey, uh, Orlando, open your wallet, get, um, you know, Walker Zimmerman, oh, you know, from nice. Nashville. That I want to come all Miller back. That was my one. That would have been nice. <laughs> Alrighty, moving on. Uh, next question: Which team is most likely to win the CCC? So the uh, Concacaf Champions <laughs> Cup, not the Champions League, the Champions <laughs> Cup. This year, this can be an East or. Oh, I think he he did see he, he got a, he froze himself. So, um, you know, Champions Cup, right? So, Andrew, who would be your your, you know, your final? I guess you want to say, uh, for you know, for the Champions Cup, Concacaf Champions Cup. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. I don't love the MLS sides in the cup this year. Um, I, I think that based on the way qualification works, I, I'm just not thrilled with the, the you know the clubs that we got in there. Um, I think the best chance to win uh, is probably Columbus. I think they're the most well-rounded, thoroughly built team. Uh, and the, the problem with that is they're in a really tough side of the bracket. I think Philly's on a positive side of the bracket for them, but there's some sleeper teams in there, Saprisa and, and Pachuca, um, that they'd need to get by and, and you can't sleep on those. But if I had to pick like my final four, you know, just going through there really quickly, I've got Columbus, Monterey, uh, Club America and Philly. And then I said, you know, just, you know, to continue on the MLS theme, I got Columbus and uh, Club America in the finals. And if I'm going to take the homer pick, I'll say Columbus win, wins the cup. Um, but it's a, it's a low percentage for me. I just don't think, this is, you know, th this is not a year where I'm looking around like, oh, like I feel confident about going. Like when LAFC was in there or Seattle was making that run, like you went when they got in there, like, oh, they can make, you know, they can be good, good. Columbus is the only one I feel like might be that team. Um, and I'm just not, you know, I I'm just not thrilled with the, bra the bracket placement they're in. Like if they were in the bottom right, I think is the, the preferable uh, location. I think it's like a, a Central American club, two MLS sides, and a, and a low league Amer uh, Liga next side. Like I think Columbus would have run through the final, no no question. But they put Miami and Nashville in that side, I believe. So um, yeah, just not thrilled about it. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll say that you know the crew will win it because MLS is is massive everywhere you go. And um, but I'm just not super super hyped about it. Yeah, I think a lot, like you said, depends on the matchups and and who you're playing and who's in sort of your your bracket, your corner of the bracket, as it were. Luis, uh, for you, who's winning the Champions League this year? Well, I mean, it's gonna be tough. Um, I mean, it's a lot of, like you said, you know, a lot of um, picking and choosing who who falls on there. Definitely not a Caribbean team, uh, not a Costa Rican team. I, I know for a fact. 
I mean, Club America to me, it's a really huge contender. I think they are the the best team in Mexico right now, and uh, I definitely see them as a as a potential finalist. Also, I do believe that this year uh, Orlando will defeat Tigres, and they're going to probably fall to St. Louis. I think it's going to be something weird there, but. I just something tells me that this year with the signings, if everything goes well, Orlando can definitely have they have a better team than when they fight face Tigris last in Tigris. Yes, they're a powerhouse, but they're not looking so good. Um but I, I do still believe that definitely inter- they're gonna do everything in their power and and I, hopefully I'm wrong to enter to go through um to with the later stages. But I have a feeling that this this year, Club America is going to win it all. I think they're the most complete team. Um, they're, they have the... I mean, when you see them in the poster for the Club World Cup, uh, they're gonna, even people from Asia are going to be like, oh, it's Club America, right? Now, when they... Definitely what the league wants and what tells me is what the league wants is Inter-Miami. And to do the last dance with Ronaldo in the Club World Cup. That's what the league wants. That's what Don Garber sleeps at night, you know, and 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 dreams, right? But I have I have I'm 90% sure that's not gonna happen. There's a higher chance that Orlando beats Tigres and then maybe falls to a St. Louis than than that to happen, you know. Uh, and I do believe that probably we're going to have another Mexican champion this year. That's just my opinion, based on some of the competition in the in the in the bracket. I think uh, you know they, Miami have a fairly easy run in there. Like they <laughs> they've got a nice part of the bracket, which is great. So I think easy. I think once they come up against like maybe Monterey or maybe whoever comes from our our section into like right. the semis. And they've got a few injuries, you know. They've not got Messi. Maybe I, I can see that's where they they slip up, and they just don't don't have enough about them um, to get all the way to the end there. But they could also go all the way. I can see that, and I I do agree that there might be a little bit of, you know, we always worry here about a bit of favoritism going on. Yeah. Uh, although we like to point fingers, a little the, bit. the League's Cup game from last year. I have horrible flashbacks of the refing at that game. Um, so maybe we'll see a bit of that, uh, maybe to help them. We don't know. But our side is like a it's it's a revenge tour for us. So if we're if we're firing and, and we're on it, there might be like a passion here that ignites in us. You know, if we can revenge against Tigres, then maybe Columbus go through. We could have revenge against Columbus from knocking us out of MLS right. like last year, you know. If we hit the ground running, there there is definitely a chance uh, that we we could go far and and hit a semis or maybe even a final. But uh, I, I'm with you, Luis. I think uh, I think it's like on that side, America or maybe Pachuca getting yeah. all the way through. Um, on 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 the other side, I think they've got an easier route. And then when they get to the final. Yeah, be realistic. You're yeah. being realistic. Honestly, John, realistic. Which is, which realistically, is, which is we look at the do. stats. Very few MLS teams win Champions League. I, I'll be delighted it. if we get to the Champions League semifinal or final. Honestly, I think that would be an incredible experience. Um, but if we can get to the final, an MLS team could win it. But 
history tells us that it's not likely. You got to be one of the best teams. Like it could be Columbus. You got to be right. the best team in MLS, and you've got to start the season. As we all know, with Champions League, it's it suits the at league MX teams more because they're in their season, whereas we're so early that it doesn't really suit us, and that always puts a, a disadvantage against the in MLS the, teams. In the market, uh, Inter, Columbus, obviously they sell. Obviously, uh, the better team, Columbus, in my opinion, uh, maybe a St. Louis with a thriving, thriving team, thriving fan base. Uh, it would be great to see them up there too. But, you know, obviously, like you said, you know, I think this is the year that we could definitely do it. I just don't know if we'll go all the way, but I will laugh. I will LMAO, okay? If Orlando makes it to the Club World Cup, I will, oh, man, that'd be hilarious. You imagine a small little team in Orlando, you know? You know, going against like Al Hilal, you know, Urawa Reds, you know what I mean? Like these are you imagine that? Like that'd be so huge. That'll be like you said, John, it will be massive. Orlando it'll be, will be ma- massive for us. Yeah, we, we dream of those days. So <laughs> and just the fact that we are in the Champions League is, is incredible to me. So um us going on a run would be would be an amazing scene to see. Uh, I think really the the tournament though it's like we said you've got to start yeah. quickly you got to start early so it, it all depends on on how we begin this year but it'll be interesting to see what we prioritize like we were talking about Miami prioritizing different competitions um, like what is Columbus going to prioritize are they going to prioritize the Champions League what is you know Cincinnati going to prioritize what are we going to prioritize what are Philly going to prioritize right so Miami definitely feels like they're going to go after the Champions League. Uh, I think Oscar will also give it a good crack. I think there's a there's a serious chip on our shoulder about what happened with Tigres last year, and I think the boys are even if we just beat them and then get knocked out, that that'll be a great Champions League for us. All right, move on uh, to the next question and our final question of the day: Which team is most likely to win the MLS Cup? So not Supporters Shield, but the actual whole thing, the MLS Cup. Uh, let's go for Andrew first on our final question. We got your top three. Is, is it one of the top three? This is, this is way tougher. Can we go back to easy ones? Like who had a bad transfer window? Cause this one's, this one's too hard. Um, it's so hard. The, the East is way stronger than the West. I think at the top Reddit. And we kind of talked about that where I wouldn't be shocked if yet again, we're seeing like the top three or four teams in the supporter shield standing come from the East with the top of the West being, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth. That wouldn't shock me this year. Um, so I definitely think that that's a supporter shield sort of situation. I know we said we we're going to talk about that, but as a shield truther and a Red Bull fan, I'm legally obligated to talk about the shield. So, um, Oh, I'm a shield truther too. Trust me. Love it. Um, I don't know if Columbus repeats, uh, but I, I, I do think a team, um, in that, in my top three or top four, because I, I have Atlanta in there as well. Um, but you know, I, I think that we can go out and say because I know on our show we talked a little bit about is Pereja the guy in the playoffs, right? We talked about is he able to to get them past where he's gotten them so far? And I'm going to say this is the year that they do that. I think Orlando can break that drought and win MLS Cup. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that out there into the universe and hopefully uh, hopefully give some some good vibes out to out to you guys. 
See, this is why we brought you on the show. It's just to tell us how good we are. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Luis, uh, are you going to pick us or are you picking someone else for this lift this whole thing? Look, I think uh, everything on paper looks very strong on our side. Um, that we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Columbus, which will be, I think, it's the, the toughest competition in our dark beast, I think, for us. Uh, we've, we've, we've had some issues with them uh, last season, and I think this season with the signings, we should go up one or a couple on them uh, throughout the season. So I can make the case that we could definitely aim for that and win the MLS Cup. Um the West is really, it's a, uh, it's up and down. I mean, Austin, I think they could do really good. LAFC, you know, they're going with the whole Vela drama happening right now. I think Dallas is a sleeper. Um, Colorado as well. You know, um, look, it would be crazy if Orlando goes to the MLS final against Dallas. I think Oscar will be like probably a couple of tears was shedding down his, his cheek, but you know, of course, I I think I, th I think Orlando could I, I think Orlando could do it. Um, so let's let's go for it. I think it's like we talked about it before many times. Oscar is a sort of he has the ability to put together a cup run, like he'll put together like we did for the Open Cup, like we did for MLS's back, and got to the final. It just all depends when we do that. Like this past season it, we kind of peaked a little too early we peaked like late summer and we were arguably the best team um in a period of time there right before the playoffs and then we dipped sort of before the playoffs what we need to do if we want to win mls cup is uh is really hit that level um at the end of the season so i think longevity wise we have a really good team i think depth we have a really good team I, honestly i think we're more likely to win the supporters shield than we are the MLS Cup this year for us. I, I think I'm going to... This is a terrible, terrible thing to predict, Luis. You're going to have to ban me. No, no, um, no. I mean, I think... I, yeah. I mean, I, I, if you think about it, if you win Supporters Shield, in my opinion, you won the league. Right, from, a, from that know, perspective. So, but I think so, I mean, just like for, for people said, that are not like there's a team down south that's going to prioritize certain periods of the year. Like, they'll they'll just happily get into playoffs but say i would almost see them like saving guys like messi to play in the playoffs and not like resting them at certain periods of the season just so they could get in that final but know. they've proven based on preseason that the bench is really not that great it's not but if you've I got mean, if you've got them all on the pitch at one time yeah and especially the four best players. players potentially yeah like that's like i know you know, you're, who are you going to play? I, the, I think, the, I think for me, they they are up there if they're going to be hot at the guy. end of the year. Uh, but but honestly, I I think it's going to be Columbus again who wins MLS Cup. And hmm. my reason for that being, I just think Wilfred Nancy is is a next level coach in this league, and I think that the way they play, it doesn't. They've got that sort of mentality of the next man up, and. If they drop guys, they they have other guys to come in and do the same role. Yeah. Uh, and I think this year, 
they show in the cup that they're just they're an all-out attack team and it's sort of like we will score three or four and you need to score or stop us or you need to score more than us like that atlanta game against them and like our game like if you're not clinical nancy will score two or three because they are clinical and they are that attacking so i i really rate him as a team i think they've retained pretty much everybody if not like you know added a few pieces here or there they lost obviously their their great center back um but overall i think it's just a a really really good team and i think he will coach them to be as good as they were last year and, and for me i think that's why weirdly i'm, I'm gonna go for for columbus to uh to get it again i think orlando will will be in the mix uh, I think for us, it just depends on when when we hit our stride. If we hit our stride at the end of the year, definitely I, I'd pick us. But I go by coach when it comes to MLS Cup. And yeah. I, think, I think Will Fernandez is the best coach in the league and will, yeah, will continue is. to be the best coach. I agree. I agree. I agree. This is great. Well, that was a very big uh, episode, big deep dive there for us, talking all about the East. Uh, we want to thank Andrew for coming on and giving us his uh, his knowledge that he's been accruing over the last two weeks. Andrew, uh, go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you and uh, and go ahead and tell them where to watch all of your deep dives. Yeah, yeah. First off, I want to thank you guys for having me on. This was a ton of fun. Really loved uh, diving in with you guys on, on the East. It was a ton of fun. If you guys are new and you don't know who I am, uh, you know, you can search the designated players and MLS podcast pretty much anywhere you get uh, your podcast. That's where we all are. Uh, we're on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. I mean, we're we're pushing for 300 on YouTube by, you know, sometime relatively soon. We're at 291 right now. So trying to trying to clean that up uh, and get to that maybe before the season starts. It might be a little short notice, but maybe before the end of or beginning of March, that'd be a good goal. Um but yeah, we're, we're pretty, we're most active on YouTube, TikTok, and, and Twitter. So if you want to go interact with us there, we're there. Uh, if you don't know what we do, basically, uh, we're a general MLS podcast. It's me and my buddy Connor. We sit there and uh, we talk about all the big news that comes out uh, in MLS in the present day. We have a whole series regarding um, MLS history. So uh, all of fan chosen history segments from the start of the league all the way up to the end of last season. Uh, so we've gone through 50 of those already. Uh, and we love doing those. They're tons and tons of fun. Uh, and then, yeah, my, my our biggest thing that we're doing this season is uh, not so deep dive. So uh, one guest from every single uh, MLS podcast or, or team who's going to come on and let us know about their team in depth and get a good inside preview of their team for the 2024 season. So if you're interested in any of that, come give us a follow. Come hang out with us because uh, we like to have some fun. We're, 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 we just like to laugh and, and joke and have some good time. You know, we do, we do MLS games to tic-tac-toes and trivias and stuff. So, um, you know, all that stuff. It's very, very low key, very, very casual. We're not, we're not a professional podcast. Just have some fun with it. So I uh, appreciate you guys. Appreciate you guys for having me on again and, and hope we can do this again soon. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I've been uh, listening to all of your episodes. So um, it's really helped me. I know understand more about the year because as we, as we go on, we're going to have to play these teams. And so it helps me understand better uh, what they're doing and, and the off moves. And I think it's uh, really informative. So I encourage everybody to go ahead and, and get some extra content there. Listen, maybe, maybe just listen to the Atlanta one or the, the Miami one or yeah, the Miami you know, one. pick the Definitely. teams that you want to like know more about this year. And I, I think it's right. a great resource. So we thank you, Andrew, for putting that time in. Um, you guys are awesome and uh, we appreciate what you do. So everybody go over there, give them a follow, give them a listen. 
Uh, for us, I'm going to say as well, please go ahead and, and subscribe to us on, on YouTube for LPO. We're uh, we're having a real push at the moment to get to 1,000 subscribers. So we're about 720 at the moment. So we're getting there. That's our plan, our next big aim. So go ahead and subscribe on YouTube if you're not. And also click the, the bell icon for notifications so that when we put out new videos or press conferences or training videos or new LPO podcasts, you guys will be able to know immediately and get those push, push notifications. So follow uh, Loud and Proud Orlando on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Uh, you can follow me as John Rollins OCSC on X or Twitter. I don't know what to call it anymore, Luis. Um, <laughs> where can they find you on, on X? You can find me as uh, Pineda underscore ORL, where I like to, I, I learn how to post GIFs. So I, I love that. Uh, love me a gift. I also you know love to now embed my videos. Ooh. Look at that. I'm getting fancier on Twitter. And so, yeah, and you can find us also in, um, at LPO underscore podcast on Twitter as well. And if you haven't, check out all of our content from uh, the Jersey reveal yesterday. That we got some yeah. awesome videos up there. There's some incredible uh, stuff that they did at that event that was really, really cool. So go check that out. Uh, finally, I just want to say thank you for everybody to listening and watching. You know, drop us a like and a follow, like we said, or subscribe. And here, Andrew, every week we like to finish off with our favorite phrase. Um, and we're going to let you say it, even though you're a Red Bull fan. So Ooh, you, can, okay. uh, you can end us off with a nice big Vamos Orlando. We, we won't tell anybody. But just, <laughs> just for right now, you can be an Orlando fan. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening and Vamos Orlando. Ooh.